3: There's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a savior, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker.
4: Well, I'm Bill Carl, and I guess this would be the Bill Carl Show. And I don't know if this would be the inaugural Bill Carl Show, because I've been on with you before. We've spent time together. I think, though, over the next weeks, and hopefully not months, but over the next weeks, maybe the next couple of months, we get to know each other a little bit better. And let me just say this uh, right from the outset and it may not be the Bill Carl show forever. We may change the name of it. I don't know yet. I haven't decided yet. Um, That this is not uh, in any way some type of changing of the guard. Let me just be very, very, very clear that um, this is Bill Bunkley's chair that I'm sitting in today, and that as he recovers his health, and, uh, just, you know, gets, uh, gets healed up, gets better, uh, finds himself in a position where he can take this chair and this microphone again. I'm just keeping it warm. So let's, uh, let's just kind of pop that out there, uh, right now from the get go. Um, but while I'm here with you, we continue to pray for him. We continue to pray for Tony and Zach. Uh, if you want to keep up on where Bill is at in his journey back to health as he still uh, is struggling and going through his treatment with leukemia and making progress there, check out his Facebook page. That's I believe that's public. And you can go there. You can find out how Bill is doing. He and I uh, talk occasionally. In fact, I visited with him a couple of weeks ago. We sat down and just kind of shot the breeze for a while and and had a little bit of a time of prayer together. Um And so you can get updated uh, where he's at and get that straight from Bill uh, on Facebook. And you can be in prayer for him. But I just want to uh, clarify from the very beginning a couple of things. One is I'm not taking anybody's place. I'm just keeping the seat warm till my friend gets back. Love that guy. And it's funny because Bill and I are, (laughs) we share the same name, but really that's about it in terms of, everything we share a faith in jesus christ that's the most important thing bill is tall i am short bill uh is i mean born and bred a florida cracker i'm toledo to la to charlotte to florida we both uh there are things we agree on but but there's a lot of things he and i have sat down and looked at each other and go man i don't get you on this and you you know back and forth And I think that's what some of the best friendships are absolutely made of. But you got to know that that we're different. Uh, I I will talk with you about politics and values to some extent, not to the extent Bill will, just because it's not what I'm good at. I'm not. I'm not. um, I think I'm not as tuned in to that in the same way that he is. And so I just, for you fans of Bill Bunkley and your friends of Bill Bunkley, uh, I am both, uh, it's just going to be a little bit different. But I'll tell you what I am kind of concerned about, what things are are kind of tripping my meter, so to speak, uh, in these last year or two. And that is not necessarily our positions on issues that are related to faith and culture and government, it's how we get there. It's how we talk to each other. It has become, toxic is, is an overused word, but the way we speak to one another and the way we speak on social media and the way we speak to those uh, who we find ourselves in opposition with has gotten so ugly. And I can almost hear the what about your certificate of whataboutry is ready. <laughs> the whatabout is, well, I don't like the way they spoke to me. They, they're the ones, They, if they had Jesus in their heart, they wouldn't speak to me that way. They're the ones, they, it's they. And I had a key conversation with a great pastor friend of mine a while ago about this. And I'll just, actually it was Ken Witten. We were talking about this one day in my studio. And he said something that made so much sense to me. He said, you know, anymore, the, the people that we find ourselves most in disagreement with, the people whose values and thoughts and positions are, are so far away outside of who we are, anymore, those are the people that we're trying to win to Christ. Those are the people that we're trying to have a meaningful conversation with. Those are the people we're trying to connect with. And another friend of mine, um, I went to college with, Alan, posted this one up one day, and it capsu- it encapsulated all of that for me. He said, you cannot antagonize those you would evangelize. You cannot antagonize those you would evangelize and that just has i would say those two conversations in the last year have set me on a journey that i am really not that far along in to to figure out how do i speak in such a way that lifts up the truth of jesus christ that lifts up the truth of scripture how do I speak of those things in a way that respect the dignity of those who oppose me? That honor them in a way that, that hearkens to that scripture that, that echoes when they, when they, you know, slap you in one cheek, offer them the other. When they compel you to walk a mile, walk two. how do we do that? And yet at the same time, maintain the integrity of our positions. And that's the conversation I'm hoping to have on this program with you. Not just this program, but in general, every Tuesday when you and I sit together, we're we're going to find a way to have these discussions. Now, we're going to break here in just a few moments, but I'm going to tell you one story that is a true story, and it's a story of kind of a failure on mine, and it illustrates that one of the key components, I think, in where we've gotten in our public discourse and our discourse as Christians and our discourse as non-Christians and in the way we speak to each other has to be social media. I was saying to our, uh, our ops manager today, Joe Weaver, uh, that <laughs> the Internet has brought us together and we have realized that sometimes we don't like each other very much. And we say things that we might just say in private company with one or two people. We say those things on the internet and it echoes, and then anger begins. And anger comes from hurt. And so we say these things in a context we think we're whispering or having an individual conversation, and everybody's hearing it. And there's just an ugliness to this. And, you know, the other thing that keeps us from that, that allows us to be that uncivil, to be that unkind, to be so not blunt, but just cruel is because we don't have to face that person that we're saying it to physically. Here's what happened to me uh, the other day. So where one of my children goes to school, we have had some issues that we were trying to resolve. They weren't big issues, but they needed resolve before the school year began. The process started at the end of July. After three emails, two personal visits, three phone calls, and numerous filling out of forms, still no one had gotten in touch with us. And my wife called, and she said, will you handle this? Now, I think if you spoke to most people who know me, I think I'm a pretty nice guy, generally speaking. Until... I lose my temper. So I got on the phone with the person who was tending the phone, who happens to be a neighbor of ours. I started out calm, but within about two minutes, I had lost my mind. I was angry. I was rude. I was condescending. I told this person in no uncertain terms, hey, put me on the phone with somebody who will actually pick up and talk to me. And do you know what happened? I got what I wanted. I got connected to somebody. They resolved my problem. I went home. I bragged about it to my wife. I was the man who got what he needed to get done. I had no apologies to make because they had messed up and all of that sounded really awesome and it sounded really great until yesterday I had to go to the school with some medication for one of my children. And I had to walk up to that person who I know personally in my neighborhood who we have talked to on numerous occasions and ask to see the school nurse. I had to look her in the eye I had to i had to 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 sit there and talk to her and face to face and i I'm telling you i within thirty seconds conviction and I believe it was a conviction of the Lord fell on me. And I just, right in front of the whole room, there was like two or three middle school kids there. There was probably a couple administrators. I just looked over at her and I said, hey, can I tell you something? I was really rude to you on the phone. I had no right to speak to you that way. And I am so sorry. And she said, oh, no, I know. I get it all the time. I I, I understand the frustration. I said, well, that makes it even worse for me because you do get it all the time. Because my wife is an educator, I know that you get it all the time. And that makes it even more my responsibility. And I am so very, very sorry. So what was the difference? Because I have to tell you, 24 hours before, I felt pretty justified. I felt like acting in my anger and yelling out was a great thing to do. The difference was, when I saw this person face-to-face, I was confronted once again with the fact that they weren't just some voice on the other end of the phone, that that was a human being created in the likeness and image of God. Somebody that he loves very, very much somebody that he would give anything if he doesn't already reside in that person's life to do so. And here I am the godly guy on the radio screaming over a phone, man, I just want this to be different. I want us to learn how to speak to one another again. As Christians, if we're going to point fingers and yell, let it be it ourselves and figure it out together, right? We'll talk more about this. I'm Bill Carl. I guess this is the Bill Carl Show. And I guess you can call in if you want. I just don't see the phone numbers anywhere, but I'll find them. We'll be back in a moment.
3: days, only a spark to light my way, I want to give out, I want to give in, this is our crime, this is our sin, but I still believe, I still believe.
5: Todd Marks, a consistent conservative Republican running for Hillsborough County Commission District 7. As a conservative Christian, I don't believe our voice and influence should be shut out of the public square. That's why I'm asking you to stand with me, Todd Marks. I am running to actively support President Trump's agenda right here in Hillsborough County. To continue on the path of prosperity and greatness, we must cut taxes and rollback regulations to help businesses grow and families succeed. I am the only candidate for the county commission who opposes both the transit tax and using your tax dollars for a stadium that will only benefit billionaires. And unlike my opponent, I've never given the liberal Democrats. A true conservative would never do that. I'm the only candidate who will consistently support President Trump's agenda. I'll force the sheriff to deport illegals found in our local jail and require employers to hire legal workers only. If you stand with me, I'll stand with you. I'm Todd Marks, and I'm asking for your vote on August 28th. Paid for by Todd Marks, Republican for Hillsborough County Commissioner.
7: weekdays at
1: 1 p.m. Don't miss Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. can
2: on all join when you fall to trials and testing for the testing
3: of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work that you might be complete and perfect and lacking nothing.
1: Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins, weekdays at 1 on Faith Talk 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com.
4: Everything comes alive. I'm Bill Carl. The last guy my middle school principal thought would be hosting a Christian radio show. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Faith Talk, 579.10, FM 102.1. Also online at letstalkfaith.com. If you just joined us a moment ago, I was listening to that little bit by uh, Pastor Jomo Cousins at Love First Christian Center, one of my very favorite pastors. That guy is... He and Charmaine, his wife, are wide open. You listen to that show at one o'clock in the afternoon here on Faith Talk, uh, Fresh Wind Radio, and, and I must tell you, you're going to get the unvarnished because those guys are wide open. Chuck, you know. Also, listen on Facebook uh, if you want to check it out. Love First Christian Center. Uh, Jomo gets up every morning at like six thirty, and he's been doing this for years. Years. He also does it on a on a phone line. Uh, he puts on a headset. He's sitting there just in his T-shirt and, you know, with a cup of coffee. And that guy starts praying for people. People call in to listen. Uh, people watch him on social media. And he just prays. He just prays his guts out. And I want to say, I don't know if it's 30 minutes for, or, or, or an hour, but he and I have spoken about that. I was like, man, how do you just every morning? I've been, I I, I do morning stuff, and I'm not a morning guy. So I don't know how he does it, but uh, check out... Uh, Fresh Wind Radio with Pastor Jomo Cousins here on Faith Talk. Uh, That's weekday afternoons at 1 o'clock. Also, if you're a pastor, uh, we don't just appreciate Jomo. We appreciate you. And that's why we we want you uh, to come on out to Armature Works on October 11th for Pastor's Appreciation Day. This thing has morphed. It used to just be kind of a buffet breakfast. And then it went to um, a luncheon. And then it went to an all-day event. We have free equipping sessions for pastors. We bring in folks from places like Word of Life and other ministries to help enhance your ministry. And and really, we provide an opportunity. I I see this every year. I see pastors who haven't seen each other, well, for a year or two, in that big bear hug embrace. So glad to see another another minister, another pastor serving Christ, and to be able to just kind of relax a little bit, sit down, have a meal, win a door prize. I mean, we we do, I'm not bragging, but we give away stuff out of this thing that is just mind-blowingly awesome. Thanks to our sponsors like Word of Life and, and Travel Cats. Anyway, again, this year it's at Armature Works, which is beautiful, right there on the Hillsborough River, um, kind of just north of downtown. And it goes from 9.30 in the morning... Until 2 in the afternoon, you can come out and grab some Danish and go to an equipping session. You can come and have lunch with us. And our speaker this year is Dr. Mark Bailey from Dallas Theological Seminary. Now, listen, if you're in evangelical circles, you know Dallas Theological Seminary. Maybe you have your degree from there. But you're going to come out, hear an encouraging word from Dr. Bailey. You're going to see old friends. And we really need to see you there. You can sign up today at letstalkfaith.com. Just go ahead and click on the Blue Pastors Appreciation Day banner. Kind of taking a look at our headlines today as uh, we... (laughs) Have you seen the traffic already building up? Taylor Swift is in concert tonight. Raymond James Stadium. Now, I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan. I'm probably not going to go to the show. But if you are heading there or if you're heading in that direction around... Uh, the stadium, just know that traffic is going to be absolutely bonkers as they get ready for that show. I have a friend the other day, he was like, hey, you live down there, what's the best way? So I was telling him all the sneaky ways to get to the stadium that I take when I go over there for any type of event. By the way, can I just tell you, instead of trying Dale Mabry or Himes, just between you and me and the thousands of people listening right now, I like to take McDill. I like to ease on up McDill. And then when I get into those little side streets between Martin Luther King and Columbus, I'll head west on those little side streets. And there's usually somebody there who's uh, able to park you for less than you would have to pay at the stadium. Not that I'm trying to rip off the stadium from parking fees. Well, anyway, so that's going on tonight. Uh, also, big news coming out today. Hillsborough County uh, attorney Mike Moore has joined a suit and, and filed his own suit against 14 of the biggest drug makers and distributors uh, of opioids in the state of Florida and really across the country. This is if you, the way they're describing it in the article, it's almost kind of like the BP spill lawsuits that went on. Pam Bondi started a a suit for Florida back. I want to say in April uh, talking about the amount of opioids that are coming into our area through these drug makers in some cases it's like 70% higher than the average across the country what i think it sounds more like is when big tobacco lost that lawsuit and so what they're trying to do is get enough revenue off of this lawsuit for drug prevention programs for rehabilitation programs uh in general for you know trying to mitigate some of the damage that opioids have done in our community, and they're what they're saying is: listen, the manufacturers have helped cause this addiction crisis and violated our Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act in the state by aggressively marketing opioid drugs. Listen, this stuff is so prevailing; it's not just it's not just in our bodies. There's so much of this going around. They're taking samples of fish and shellfish and oysters, and they're finding opioids within the animals from the runoff that's coming out of our our sewage systems. So interesting to see how this is going to work. You know all those uh, tobacco ads you see, stop smoking, this is your, you know, basically this is what happens to your teeth on tobacco. I think this is where we're heading on this. I think, hey, Mike, let's make a note, since we just picked up this story today and I'm on next Tuesday, I'd really like to talk to uh, either Mike Moore uh, with this lawsuit. Uh, Sandy Merman has been talking about it as well because the county is coming up with a plan to attack this crisis uh, in about 30 days. So if we can maybe get uh, County Commissioner Sandy Merman on the phone and let's really kind of outline this and see what we do. Finally, Sarasota Manatee Melissa Howard has officially pulled out of the race for State House uh, for District 73. This started a while back. She had claimed in her campaign documents to have a degree in, and I believe uh, marketing from the University of Miami, Ohio, Florida news network called her out on it. Said, no, you you don't. So she apparently flew to Miami, the university of Miami took a picture with what she said was her um, diploma came back. They looked again. She'd posted the truth will set you free. They found out that that was a fake too. So, God bless these folks in Sarasota uh, who have, you know, kind of been behind her. She has done the right thing and pulled out. And it's just another one of those cases of you know, David and Bathsheba. You start with something here and it ends up being so much bigger than you thought. And I just wish the best for her and her family. Pray for good things as they move away from this. And pray for all of us to understand that honesty at the beginning is the best policy. Better to have no degree than a fake one. We'll talk with Amber Johanson from First Priority coming up next on Faith Talk. Five seventy nine ten fm 102one
8: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The mayor of the Italian city of Genoa says the death toll in the collapse of a highway bridge in the city has risen. Genoa's mayor, Marco Bucci, says the number of dead is now above 25 people, and there are at least 11 others who were injured and have been pulled from the rubble. Six firefighters have now lost their lives to that string of wildfires burning this summer in the state of California. The latest, a Utah firefighter who was pitching in on the state's largest ever wildfire, the Mendocino Complex blaze north of San Francisco. He lost his life last night. Firefighters from all over the country have been helping California battle a series of deadly and devastating fires in recent weeks that have spread through drought-parched forests and rural communities. On Wall Street at the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up by 112 points at 25,299. The NASDAQ was up by 51. More details at srnnews.com.
2: Does this describe your life? By any measure, people are living lives of quiet desperation.
9: That's Pastor Philip DeCourcy from Know the Truth Radio, talking about one of the most
2: difficult issues of life, stress. Stress levels are going through the roof. We're medicating ourselves as a country. But there is a prescription, a cure for excessive stress. Here we have a prescription for peace and harmony, for living a life where one is grateful for what one has
9: you can have a free download of pastor phillips series less stress just log on to our station website and use the keyword stress
2: i'm excited to look at this prescription that will allow us to live lives of less stress
9: download pastor phillips free series less stress
2: this is a series that i believe in many measures can save your life
4: Download your free copy of Less Stress from Pastor Philip DeCourcy at Let'sTalkFaith.com, keyword stress. Listen, if you're
10: considering buying hardwood flooring, don't do anything until you've written down this number and received your free Lumber Liquidators catalog
11: unbeatable price
10: tag call in the next 10 minutes to get your free catalog
7: what i bought at lumber liquidators is a vastly higher quality than flooring i had installed six years ago and for a fraction of the cost
10: so if you want great hardwood flooring at unbeatable prices trust lumber liquidators we buy direct from the mills Call right now to get our flooring guide and catalog absolutely free. It's filled with top-quality hardwood flooring, including solid hardwoods, laminates, and bamboos, and even wood pre-finished flooring with a 100-year transferable warranty, the same floor Bob Vila has in his home. This free catalog is full of tips, ideas, and our flooring project list to make your buying decisions easy. Hurry call right now to get a copy of this free guide and catalog. Call 800-585-2430 to get your free copy now. 800-585-2430.
6: Auto
3: Glass America
0: Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live
4: That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan
0: today It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
3: But if only you could see them, you would know from their faces there were kings and queens followed by princes and princesses. There were future power people throwing love to the loveless, shining a light because they wanted it seen. Well, there were cries of life. Full of that cries, oh, why not? Can I reach out for you if that feels good to me? And the riders will not stop us, cause the only love they'll find is paradise. No, the riders will not stop us. Welcome
4: back to the Bill Carl Show. Thanks for listening today. I appreciate that. Um, I guess we're kind of official now. Till Bill gets back. And I'll say this again, man, I am just warming the chair. Uh, but I'll be with you every Tuesday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. Uh, you are welcome to jump in to any conversation. 877-943-9673. That's 877-943-9673. And be part of that. Uh, You can also call locally, 813-287-5700. So, I love living in Florida. I've been here since the late 80s. I don't miss cold gray winters with snow everywhere and sludge in February. Lived in Michigan for a while, and I don't miss cold gray summers with sludge everywhere until June, (laughs) to be honest with you. But there is one thing that I miss from those colder climes and the agrarian society throughout the Midwest. And it is this summer continuing till labor day, this going back to school thing. and, And I listen, I support our educators. I support our school board, but whoever dreamed up going back for the first day on a Friday, before you do that again, next year, let me say, I love you and B, just, just call me, just, just call me before. That's all. Maybe I'll, you know, we're going to talk about this later in the show. It's being involved, what it means to be involved in the system. I I saw that and I'm like, I think I'm about to get involved. That may be the linchpin. (laughs) Oh goodness. I'll tell you somebody who's involved in education, in our schools and in presenting Christ in a way that is powerful. Uh, in so many instances, uh, My friend Amber Johansson is the director of First Priority here in Hillsborough County in the Tampa Bay area. And, uh, Amber, I thought of you today because I know going back that First Priority is going to be making that impact again real soon, helping lead kids to Christ in ways that, you know, just we haven't seen before. First Priority made that appearance in Hillsborough County. Thanks for coming on.
11: Thank you, Bill. I'm excited to be with you today.
4: So for those of us who are not initiated... Talk about what First Priority exactly is and how that works out in our community.
11: It'd be my pleasure. So First Party, are we have student-led campus clubs on middle and high school campuses in Hillsboro, Pinellas, Pasco, and Polk County. And our students are Christian students who share the gospel in their schools every week with the purpose of reaching unchurched students and non-Christian students with a gospel message.
4: Okay, so... But I thought God was kicked out of all of our public schools. Tell me how you do that, even though God has been kicked out of all of our public schools.
11: <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, that's definitely uh, all my kids go to and have gone to public schools. And I've I've seen firsthand that God is absolutely alive in our public schools and Amen. is is actually thriving because we know he's where we invite him to be. Um, but in terms of sharing the gospel, that is our First Amendment right, and our students, as the Supreme Court has upheld, do not lose that right when they when they enter the school doors each day. Um, there are limited rights for teachers and for adults coming onto campuses, but as far as students are concerned, they have the First Amendment rights as well as the Equal Access Act, which um, gives them further protection um, and, and ability for them to share their faith at school.
4: Amen. Uh, by the way, give the website, is, it's firstpriority.org, am I right?
11: FirstPartyTampa.org. (laughs) FirstPartyTampa.org. Yeah, because there's actually many. There's 36 first parties around the country, so we want to make sure you get ours. It's FirstPartyTampa.org.
4: Okay, so the school year has begun. Pretty soon the clubs will start. Describe how first priority works. Take me through the cycle.
11: So First Party is is similar to other campus ministries, but it's different in that the students meet every single week and we have we are equipping them with a proven strategy that's called the Hope Strategy and it's an acronym. So the H is help they help each other see God. O, they overcome their fear of sharing God and obstacles in their life, P is they prepare their faith story, and E is their engage week. And really, the cycle is building up for that engage week, which is every four weeks, and that's when they share their their testimonies and the gospel message and an invitation. And then that cycle repeats throughout the school year. So most club, most campus groups will have anywhere from eight to ten cycles a year, depending on when they start their group. So some of them have started this week, and some will start after Labor Day. So it just depends on um the students themselves and as they work with their administrators when that able when it's able to get started.
4: Firstprioritytampa.org is the website. I'm Bill Carl and we're talking with Amber Johansson. Amber, you and I have had these conversations uh before, but I have to tell you that uh this summer I was actually I was was it? I was at the church for something and um and it was VBS. And I stopped over where the teens were, were uh, going. I was dropping Zach off at, uh, I guess now they call that, the. if you're in middle school, it's VBX. And I guess the X is like for extra cool or something, like <laughs> something very hip and in, 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 in with it. Uh, but I saw a friend of your daughter, Lane's, and I'm not going to mention that person's name. But I know he was somebody that you guys had known for a while and had been... You know, praying for. I don't think he started, and and now he's getting involved in VBS. He's getting involved in things that are happening at the church. He's him the Lord, and I thought of first priority right off the kick when I saw him, and I was like, wait a minute, that's. By the way, Lane is Amber's daughter, and she is my daughter's favorite babysitter on the Uh entire planet. I just let me bring you into the conversation, so Uh you get to see those type of things happen all the time. Talk about some of the impacts that are memorable to you over the years that you've worked in first priority?
11: So I've been with First Party since it launched here in 2009, and it started at my son's middle school, and he's now a junior in college. So um, all three of my children have been very, very involved. So I've been able to see firsthand the way this ministry impacts students, not only my own children personally, but their friends. And what I love best about this ministry is it's using students, it's peer-to-peer influence and, and with their abilities, and, and they're reaching their friends with the gospel with with the ultimate goal of getting these unchurched kids into a church to be discipled. And so when we're training our students, we explain to them, this should never replace church. This should be a a bridge to the church. And what you're trying to do is reach your friends who either don't know Christ or confused about who Christ is, or maybe is another faith, that they're going to hear the gospel, But you as a student need to be inviting your friends to church where they'll be discipled and have that community that they're desperate for. So I have seen so many students' lives impacted, especially over the last... Three years, um, one of my daughter's closest friends is Muslim, and she was coming to her first party group at her school every month for the la- her whole senior year. She went every single month and was able to hear the gospel message, and it, it just th- that impact that it had on my daughter and just the people around them watching students of other faiths to hear the gospel. But the student I think you're referring to, he started coming to first party at the beginning of the school year. Um, so it, at at my daughter's school, Robinson, they meet weekly on that weekly hope cycle and then they meet on club day as well and that's where they do the engage week um they hear the testimonies. And so this particular student started coming at the beginning of the school year, and then my daughter invited him to church, and he started coming to church pretty regularly. And then he was invited by our youth pastor to go to camp over the summer. So he went to camp, and just his whole life was changed there. It just really rocked his world. And so a few weeks ago, he was baptized at our church, and now mm-hmm. he's involved in a college ministry. And so for me, and there are so many stories like that, Bill, but he represents what is best about first party, reaching a student with the gospel. He finds community at church. He's discipled and grown, and that's where he is. He's either at the high school um, ministry, or he's at the college ministry, or like you're saying, he's helping out with the middle school BBS. I mean, that child is in our church when the doors are open, and he will tell you um, how much this, how much First Party wow. has been that bridge for him. And it, it's just, it's stories like that, Bill, that make me realize that we need our students doing what sometimes we think they're not capable of, but they're fully capable of it. And just being able to give them that opportunity, is, it's incredible for me to see, but it's even more powerful for the students themselves to experience it.
4: Well, if you want to learn more about this ministry, go to firstprioritytampa.org, because I know Amber's First Priority uh, expands, uh, that you are on the lookout always for people who want to be a part of it, whether it's uh, through financially supporting whether it's through time or talent, treasure, whatever that is, uh, what are the needs of first priority right now in the community?
11: What we really need is to connect with more churches. We really need to connect with the youth pastors. The way that we we reach our students is we partner with local churches, and we come into their youth groups, and we train their students for campus ministry. And and, and I want to add to that we don't do anything off the school campus so we don't do summer camps we don't do anything at night i mean we are only at the school campus so we really are partnering with the local churches to we know churches are, are preparing the students for missionaries so we're just giving them the opportunity and a space on campus so we really need youth pastors to partner with us so we can train their students and we can train the youth pastors to support the groups on on the campuses so if there was one need that would be it if we could just get the churches behind us and and when we say we really want to bring more students to your your church we mean that and we will i, I just talked to a, a senior pastor today and he was helping out at one of our groups and he told me he's had two two families, I mean entire families coming to his church over the last few months because of first party. So I want to hear more of those stories. But it takes it takes us getting connections with the churches so we can we can work with them and their students. So that'd be my first call mm-hmm. of action. And then we need more teacher sponsors. We have students but sometimes the teachers are a little bit hesitant because we know that it's not always a really um, welcoming environment for teachers, but they don't participate. They're just there to open up their rooms and provide space for the students. We need that as well.
4: Yeah. There there needs to be that awareness that you have your first amendment rights when you step onto a school campus. I think uh, in our, in sometimes our zeal to, to protect against, uh, you know, the quashing of our religious freedoms, we sometimes overstate the limitations that are there and we miss really great opportunities to be able to share Christ with others. And I think first priority, the first priority model uh, definitely goes to prove two things. One is, if your student loves Jesus, they can talk about that and they can live that out in a way that's meaningful. And the other is that uh, there's an opportunity here for you too. I mean, those... I think that that that's all part of it. I mean that the, you know our ability to speak uh, about whom we serve is is there, and this there's a model that works. And I think a third thing, Amber, and we've just got a couple of minutes before a break. I'd like to I'd like you to come back into the next segment and talk a little bit more. Uh, but another thing is that um, oh goodness, my train just ran right off the track. So. Um, <laughs> We'll pick it up on the next feeling. break. No, uh, Yeah, you you can do this. You can talk. There's an opportunity there. And there's a way to speak about Christ to people who are diametrically opposed to everything that we may stand for. That's winsome. And it uh, doesn't require a lot of shouting. In fact, it actually requires the opposite, right?
11: Absolutely. And, and I think that that's. That's why I think first party is making a difference because we're, we're using students and I'm not using students, but we're we're equipping students to influence the friends they already have. And so it's relational. We're not we're not standing on the street corner, you know, beating people over the head. We're actually helping students in the circle of influence that they already have. So they're already being equipped as missionaries. We're just giving them that space and those tools that they need to be effective with it. And really all they have to do is invite their friends to the weekly meetings, and then that's where their friends, just based on the way that our, our resources are structured. Okay. They're, okay. They're I want like,
4: to talk more about this in the next break with Amber Johansson. First Priority. First Priority, Tampa.org some things we can all learn about discourse we come back here on The Bill Carl Show, here on Faith Talk, 57910FM102.1, one second. No question
7: you need omega 3s but which form should you take will even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now, it's free. Just pay four ninety five for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-340-5765. 1-800-340-5765. That's 1-800-340-5765.
4: I'm Bill Carl. And you know, for years, we've been helping families just like yours with half-price tuition to Great Christian Schools at ChristianTuitions.com. And for years, parents have asked, Is this for real? It absolutely is. Here's a recent conversation with Natasha Sherwood, headmaster at Tampa Bay Christian Academy.
11: I literally can remember the first kid who five years ago took up the half-price tuition Mm -hmm. discount from you all. The look on that mom's face, she's like, I don't know if I bought into a scam or not. You know, and she sat in our office just crying that it wasn't and that she wasn't able to bring her kid. And you all have helped shape our goals. I mean, when I saw that face, I was like, there are people out there who don't know they can afford it. And we have aggressively tried to meet that need so thank you because you've helped shape who we try to be for
4: years we've made it our goal to help families afford a private christian school education through christiantuitions.com great christian schools are already enrolling for next year so hurry today to christiantuitions.com for half off your first year's tuition at a private christian school choose your child's school today at christiantuitions.com
8: Affordable family fun is what you get with every Clearwater Threshers game at Spectrum Field. See the stars of tomorrow playing today in the Florida State League. There's lots of promotions, too, including Saturday fireworks, concerts, Dollar Tuesdays, Feeding Frenzy Mondays, Tijuana Flats Taps and Tacos Thursdays, and brunch on Sundays. Find out more in the complete schedule by going to their website at threshersbaseball.com. Threshers Baseball, get
1: hooked. Saturday afternoons at 4.30. Join Pastor John Couch for This Day in the Word. He says, if you really want to run hard after me, lay everything on your altar and put your Isaac on the altar and back away and say, God, this is your deal. This is for your praise and your glory, man. I'm all about you. I'm in. This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com
4: welcome back i'm bill carl thanks for listening to faith talk 570 910 fm 102.1 great movie coming out it's called god bless the broken road and we're gonna have a very special screening coming up september 4th i want you to come to the movies with me amc west shore it's uh, the story of a young mom lost her husband fighting in Afghanistan and how she and her daughter kind of put it all back together again with God's help. So uh, I'll be taking a look at that. If you'd like to see the trailer, you can connect through our website, letstalkfaith.com or go to com and come out to the movies with me. That'll be so much fun. I can't say I'll buy you popcorn, but I might rip a handful out of your bucket because You know, I do that with my kids. Anyway, uh, Amber Johansson joins us. She is uh, the director of First Priority Tampa Bay here. Firstprioritytampa.org is the website. And um, the First Amendment right we have to share Christ does extend into the schools. Your student can share Christ. And First Priority provides a framework within which to do that. Uh, that uh, just it bears fruit over and over and over again. And, Amber, as we kind of pick up on this conversation, a couple of things. I was in Tennessee last fall with a a humanitarian group. They go into the schools there in eastern Tennessee and Appalachian. They work with some very impoverished kids. And the the principal was showing us around, and then he shows us this big display board. And it had a, a giant first priority logo across the top. And it's something under that about, you know, there is hope. And he made it a point, Amber, he made it a point to go, hey, y'all, I just want you to know that First priority's making a big impact here, too. He didn't say it. My Tennessee accent stinks. <laughs> but I was like, wow, that's like, man, that's what Amber does. So apparently the impact of First Priority not just felt here in the Tampa Bay Area but around the country now.
11: Yes, there's 35 communities around the country. So each of us, um, we're almost set up like a Chick-fil-A. Each one of us has its own um own nonprofit, but we share a logo. We share the same vision, which is the hope of Christ in every student. And we we share the same um, campus club model. So that weekly hope strategy, we all have that. So whether you live here in Tennessee, you're getting Jesus at school.
4: I love it. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about our first priority, and Amber, and I'm not trying to shine your apple too much, but uh, just to speak to it, is that to be able to speak about Christ in a way that is winsome and kind, that's true, uh, I think when I think of people who do that in our community, you've gotten involved very much in the in the schools in so many ways. I know that you've helped lead our church into helping our private schools deal with children who have nothing to help provide for them. I know that you've been actively somewhat on the you know front in terms of, you know, the public schools and, and maybe even a little bit politically speaking into some of the things that go on. Uh, with behind the scenes and the, the 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 school board and those type of things. And I've just always appreciated your ability to do that in a way that gets the point across, but it's like, you, you don't seem to do that in a way that makes enemies. And I've always appreciated that. Can you, can you just kind of speak to to how we speak to others outside the faith?
11: Well, I, a, a, thank you so much. And B, I think, I came to my faith late in, in life, so I, I can remember what it was like to live in darkness and the way that I felt about Christians. So, the Lord has let me hold on to that because it helps me to have deep compassion for those that don't believe what we believe or are, you know, are, are wrong or confused about Jesus. And so, I remember pastor my pastor. Um, I think he was with us 10 years ago, he said, just speak to people as if they are believers. And so I think that that's one of the ways that I approach is that we were wired to know God. So when I'm talking to people, I just have that mutual compassion and love for them. And then I talk as if I were talking to somebody that loves Jesus. And and I think that for me, I have deep respect for our, our school administrators and teachers. I think if I had to do it over again, I would be a school principal. So whenever I'm in their presence, I just have I have deep respect for them. I have love for them. I understand that they have a hard job. And I also know that we have a lot of believers in the schools, teachers, administrators. And so I, I just think we have to come at people wherever they're at, whatever, whether they believe or don't believe. We've got to come with a sense of, of love and compassion and respect. And I think if we do that, then people are— more prepared to hear from us
4: do you ever feel like and you can say no if you don't do you ever feel like some of the the rhetoric that is kind of inside that sometimes we speak about when we speak about public schools uh the way we regard them within evangelical circles uh do you ever feel like sometimes that gets in the way of us being able to share that deep compassion to speak to somebody in a way that respects their dignity
11: I absolutely do, and, and I know you know this. My children went to schools that were um, not A-rated. Right. Um, it, it was, it was a t- We were called into our community school, and it wasn't necessarily our choice, but it was where the Lord was calling us. And I found that it was really hard. To, to go that path, because my friends didn't support them I actually was I got better encouragement from my non believing friends than I did my Christian friends, and they would say I would never send my kids to those schools and and I think that when we talk like that a it it God's nowhere in that conversation, and b the child feels so i mean my children just felt so slighted by that, and it, it's confusing for them because they're saying i'm we're following god 's path. But the Christians are telling us this is terrible and you shouldn't be doing this. So I do think that we come at it as believers that the, that the public schools are a terrible, terrible place to be. And, and you and I both know that that's not the case. And we also know that the darker the space, the brighter light. And so I have seen Christ shine so brightly in our schools. And I think as believers, we are called to lean in, not pull away.
4: Amen. Where sin is, grace abounds. Amber Johansson joins us from First Priority, FirstPriorityTampa.org. Thanks so much for listening today. And, Amber, thank you for spending some time with us.
11: Thank you. It was my pleasure, Bill. God bless you.
4: We come back. uh, We'll catch up on headlines, a little more conversation today about how we speak to those who don't know him while we speak of him. It's all coming up in the Bill Carl Show. Thanks for listening.
7: My name is Sally Harris, and in my first term on the Hillsborough County School Board, I fought for our children, parents, and taxpayers, and never settled for the status quo. Now, I'm battling for a sustainable budget with fair compensation for our teachers and making sure our schools are safe. As a business owner, I'm committed to more vocational education and a better-equipped workforce. My name is Sally Harris, and I need your vote. Our children need your vote.
10: This ad was paid by Vote Sally Harris for the Sally Harris Hillsborough County School Board District Two campaign.
2: Does this describe your life by any measure? People are living lives of quiet
9: desperation. That's Pastor Philip DeCorsey from Know the Truth Radio, talking about stress. Here we have a prescription for peace and harmony. You can have a free download of Pastor Philip's series, Less Stress. Log on to our station website and use the keyword stress.
2: This is a series that I believe in many measures can save your life.
4: Get your free copy at letstalkfaith.com. Keyword stress.
1: Faith Talk 570, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Online at
12: letstalkfaith.com,
1: a service of the Salem Media Group.
12: Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. President Trump's re-election campaign is taking legal action against former advisor Omarosa Manigault Newman, alleging breach of a secrecy agreement. The claim alleges Manigault Newman's current book and media tour violates a confidentiality agreement she signed with the campaign.
7: The claim was filed with the American Arbitration Association in New York on behalf
12: of Donald J. Trump for President, Inc. Manigault Newman has acknowledged signing the agreement back in 2016. Correspondent Wally Hines reporting. British counter-terrorism police are carrying out three searches in central England as part of an investigation after a car slammed into barriers outside the Houses of Parliament in London. Police say the driver, a 29-year-old UK national, was arrested on suspicion of preparing a terrorist act. Cars plunge as a highway bridge collapses in Italy, leaving at least 26 people dead. A bridge on a main highway
3: linking Italy with France has collapsed in the Italian port city of Genoa during a violent storm, sending vehicles plunging 150 feet. One huge section of the Morandi Bridge fell, sending tonnes of twisted steel and concrete debris onto warehouses below. Photos published by the Italian news agency ANSA showed a massive empty gulf between two sections of the bridge. Answer says the Italian authorities suspect a structural weakness had caused the collapse, but there was no immediate explanation for what had happened. I'm Charles de Ledesma.
12: Primary contests in Wisconsin and Minnesota are providing the latest test of the strength of Donald Trump's appeal among working-class voters. Democrats appear particularly motivated in Wisconsin, where eight candidates are vying for the chance to take on Republican Governor Scott Walker. In Minnesota... Democratic hopes for a blue wave could be undermined by accusations of domestic violence involving Democrat Keith Ellison. Primaries are also taking place in Vermont and Connecticut. On Wall Street, the doubt by 112 points. More on these stories at townhall.com.
6: You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out
9: of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Call 1-800-990-6976.
12: The president of Turkey is calling for a boycott of U.S.-made electronics. The U.S. slapped sanctions on Turkish steel and aluminum for the continued detention of an American pastor.
1: Recep Erdogan responded.
2: Electronic biz he
1: called on people to stop buying American-made iPhones and choose instead Korean-made Samsung or Turkish-made Vestal products. The Turkish economy is struggling in part because of the sanctions. There are also worries about Erdogan's economic policies. The Turkish lira has stabilized a bit as talks
12: with the U.S. continue to try to ease diplomatic tensions. I'm Ed Donahue. Turkey's finance minister says his government is working on steps to help banks and support companies affected by the currency crisis. He says his government will continue to take steps to stem the ongoing currency crisis by, quote, remaining within the rules of the free market. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. More than 1,000 children and possibly many more were molested by hundreds of Roman Catholic priests in six Pennsylvania dioceses, while senior church officials took steps to cover it up, according to a landmark grand jury report released today. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro says there were 301 predator priests. Dozens of witnesses testified before the grand jury detailing acts of sexual abuse by priests and how senior church officials covered up their criminal conduct, prioritizing their institution, over the safety and welfare of these young boys and girls. Shapiro said the two-year probe found a systematic cover-up by senior church officials in Pennsylvania and at the Vatican. He called the cover-up sophisticated, and all the while, the church leadership was keeping records of the abuse and the cover-up. The documents from the six Pennsylvania dioceses, which were called secret archives, formed the backbone of the state's investigation. More on these stories at townhall.com. This hour of the Bill Bunkley
1: Show is brought to you by EDI Travel.
3: If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it, he's a brilliant
4: shame. Yeah, it's five minutes after five. Thanks for listening to Faith Talk 57910 FM 102.1. I'm Bill Carl, and I guess this would be the Bill Carl Show. So I'll be with you every Tuesday for some time to come until my friend Bill Bunkley is back. We talked about this in the four o'clock hour, but you may have just gotten in the car. So I just want to spell a couple things out here as uh, we get started. Um, This program, whatever it turns out to be at this time slot is temporary. If you love that Bill Bunkley, know that I do too, like a brother and I will be with you on Tuesdays uh, for a while now while he continues to recover his health. And if you want an update on how Bill is doing in his uh, his battle uh, with leukemia, you can go to his Facebook page. It is there. It's public. And he's updating folks on a day-to-day basis. That guy is fighting. Uh, we continue to pray for him and Tony and Zach. I was able to sit down with Bill. It's been probably three weeks now. Uh, and I need to go see him again and just go sit down and have a cup of iced tea and talk. And we talked for a while. We talked about the church, and we talked about politics, and we talked about uh, where he's at, and we talked about all kinds of things and uh, had a great conversation. And uh, man, we're believing for the best. I- I'm believing that guy's back by Christmas at least, maybe Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll eat that big John MacArthur Thanksgiving smoked turkey they send every year from John MacArthur and Grace to You Ministries. Um, so just know this, that, uh, A, he's coming back. Because if you're like, oh, not Bill Carl, just don't worry. It's it's temporary, I promise. <laughs> and then the other thing you need to know is um, he and I are not the same guy. Bill and I have been friends for years. Bill and I have a closer relationship probably than most people know. We just have an understanding of one another. It's not like we hang out all the time, but there's just people in life that you click with. Many times, the way we feel about certain things are polar opposite. There are issues that come up, and you just look at each other, and we don't even have to say it because we're both like, I don't agree with you. But we both agree on our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, We both agree uh, that family is important, that preserving what God has given us is of the utmost importance, and we're just friends. We're just buddies. So it's going to be a different program. I I don't know how to address the things Bill addresses with such skill uh, and adroitness uh, in the same way. I just don't. I'm different. So I hope that uh, as you listen and you and I get to know each other better than we do in the mornings between um, 5.30 and and noon in in little 30-second and 15-second breaks, I hope we can be friends. And I hope we don't agree all the time. And I hope when you call the program, as you always can at 877-943-9673, that you know you're going to be treated with respect. I'm not always going to agree with you. Uh, You are not always going to agree with me. There are times... If I feel like the conversation is getting a little hijacked, I may just say, Mike, <laughs> but I love you and I respect you and I'm glad to spend this time together with you. And I don't know where it's all going to go. So we'll see that together. Uh, somebody was like, well, what's the name of your show? Is it the Bill Carl show? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I guess for now, maybe it's the journey with Bill Carl. Maybe it's um, I like macadamia, nut ice cream. Which I really don't that much. Do you like that, Mike? Let's get to know each other. Mike Miracle. <laughs> do, you, do you like macadamia night ice cream?
0: I, I like both of those things, just not together.
4: If you had to sing a karaoke song, which would it be?
0: Let's see. If I had to sing a oh, Rocky Top, yes, duh.
4: Rocky Top from Tennessee.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep.
4: And I would imagine then that your favorite cover, color in the fall is orange. Nice orange, yeah. You got okay. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My favorite ice cream. Is anything with chocolate, with chocolate within the chocolate, with chocolate within the chocolate, within the chocolate, and maybe some marshmallows. Mm. My favorite color is blue. And the karaoke song that I often end up singing is Piano Man by Billy Joel. And I bet you, I bet you do a fantastic job with that. I crush it. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it. (laughs) Getting to know you. Oh, oh, by the way, my father used to play show tunes on the piano, so I haven't. Unexhaustible library of those going into my head at all times. We'd call that a leg up, I think. It's a leg up, depending on how you feel about that. Fly me to the moon. All right, so that's kind of the deal. That's where we're going. And then here's kind of where I'm heading, so you know where I'm heading in the future. Probably the biggest concern that I have right now is not to be addressed outside of the faith community. I mean, there's lots wrong in our world. There's lots wrong happening in our local governments, in our state governments. There's trends culturally that are abhorrent to the Lord. And the ever-growing quest that I find myself on is as a Christian, how do I address those things in a Christ-like way? How did how did Christ address those who didn't know him? How did he speak to people who had no idea that he was any different from the next Jewish guy walking down the road to Jerusalem. I mean, how do you talk to a Roman soldier who just as soon spit on you as look at you? How do you talk to a Gentile who has no idea why you won't go and enjoy a pork chop with him at a restaurant where you sit together? Well, Jesus would do that. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, How do we talk to people and at the same time stand for our convictions in a way that is kind? Because what I have seen over the last few years, particularly with the rise of social media, probably most prominently with Twitter and Facebook, is we have lost the ability to speak with grace. And I think what happens is there are things we say that reveal our true selves behind closed doors or in the company of those we feel comfortable with that we would never say to somebody's face because, A, it it just wouldn't work out that way, and, B, because we know deep in our hearts that some of the feelings behind that aren't really motivated from righteousness. They're motivated by arrogance. They're not really motivated... By a sense of wanting the best for somebody else, they're motivated by a sense of wanting to be right. They're not motivated by a deep love for the truth. They're motivated by a desire to win the argument. And, and if if you're not a believer, you kind of have a right to all of that. You know whether you're a conservative or you're a liberal or you are somewhere in the middle. Without Christ you really do have a right to exercise your arrogance. You really do have a prerogative, so to speak, uh, to ascend the mountain of moral rectitude. You really do have this place that you can stand and say, man, that was a zinger, and I am unashamed. My understanding is, and I could be wrong, and you could speak to this in any way, shape, or form that you wish. You can call 877 uh, 943 or eight one three two eight seven fifty seven hundred. You You really can speak to this in any way you wish. But the more I get into this and the more I screw up, the more that I make mistakes in the way that I relate to people, the more that I catch myself in a supposed righteous anger, the more I realize I don't have those rights anymore. Man, if, if if my Lord and Savior chooses to suspend his right to rage at somebody who doesn't know him, and we see this time and time again when uh, he catches the woman, and they catch the woman in sin, and they're ready to stone her. And by law, and it was a nation of laws, we're a nation of laws. He has every right to join in with the crowd and throw a stone. And actually, he's the only one there who can throw a stone because he's perfect. He chooses not to throw the stone. Um, Roman soldiers and Jewish Pharisees beat him to a bloody pulp. He has not only the right as the son of God, But he has the power to destroy them with a word. And he chooses not to forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And then the words that he does speak with some type of roughness, some type of, you know, anger to them. And he does speak in anger. He does act in anger seem to be directed to those who are supposed to be closest to God. It's an interesting, man, it's a deep, deep thing to talk through these issues. So how do we do that? How do we reconcile that in our national debate? How do we reconcile that in our communications with others? How do we speak about that couple across the street who are not living a godly life is there a difference about the way we speak of them to ourselves, and we speak to them face to face, or on social media? That's a, and I'll tell you what's recently. I, I told this story, Mike, in the um, in the four o'clock hour, and 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 I'll tell tell it again here in just a few moments. I could just tell you this: that in the last week, I have learned a. Again that Bill Carl speaking in anger, even righteous anger, seems to never be a good thing. And B, every time I speak out and say those things I desperately want to say out of rage or righteousness or indignance, they never come out and yield the fruit that I'd hoped they yield. It always comes up bitter. I'll tell you that story when we come back. I'm Bill Carl. You're listening to Faith Talk, five seventy nine ten fm 102one And you can also listen at LetstalkFaith.com using Alexa. Alexa, enable Faith Talk Tampa. Oh, there she went. So cool. <laughs> we'll be right back.
13: the Jordan River, and much, much more. Call now to get your EDI trip planned today at 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. The best Christian music to brighten your day. Messages that inspire hope,
7: life, and spiritual transformation from the nation's leading Christian teachers and a safe place for you to grow in your faith. Sound like something you could use? Visit ChristianRadio.com. ChristianRadio.com is a place you can find hope when there seems to be none. All your favorite Christian radio stations can go with you wherever you go. Join us now online and on your mobile app at ChristianRadio.com.
12: This is Albert Moeller for TownHall.com. In recent years, Americans have watched our first freedom, religious liberty, openly despised by many who push the new sexual revolution. We've seen nuns forced to pay for contraceptives, while bakers, wedding photographers, and florists faced criminal and civil actions for living out their Christian convictions. Attorney General Jeff Sessions recently announced a new Religious Liberty Task Force, warning that some in our society are now openly targeting religious groups by labeling them as a hate group. The outrage from the left is extremely instructive. The Democratic National Committee charged the Attorney General of shamefully doubling down on bigotry. Planned Parenthood called the task force another license to discriminate. One liberal commentator said the Department of Justice is trying to create a regressive Christian white ethnostate. No kidding. It's as if they were trying to make the attorney general's case for him. I'm Albert Mueller.
0: The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy.
6: 96 GLASS. Auto Glass
3: America.
1: Saturday afternoons at four, it's time for Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. God was the one that said, I will provide for you what
3: you need, and He provided a woman, a wife. Not a honey, not a hookup, but a wife.
1: Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. Saturday afternoons at 4 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com.
4: Welcome back. I'm Bill Carl. You're listening to Faith Talk 57910, FM 102.1. I actually saw you two a few years ago, man. That was, Missy was, I think she was, let's see, Sarah. uh, She was like seven, eight months pregnant, man. No, seven months pregnant, six months pregnant. And it was, (laughs) it was an amazing concert. But we had a hard time walking it back out to the parking lot. And that was actually at Raymond James Stadium where tonight, I guess, Taylor Swift is playing. And, you know, all I'm saying is the traffic is going to be nuts around there. Probably, I would imagine, already is. So if you're heading in that direction, you're heading home from work, you're heading to work, you're heading around that, you may want to choose yourself an alternate route and just kind of keep that in mind, whatever you've uh, got going on. Hey, listen, I also wanted to bring this to your attention. And it was so great because we were just... Uh, My friend, Dr. Evan Burrows, uh, we were just running a promo. If you've just joined us, just a moment for his program, Gaining Ground on Saturday Afternoons here at Faith Talk. He is the pastor of First Baptist Church of College Hill and such a good guy, such a great sense of humor. Uh, I I can't think of a time that he and I have not been together at some point where we laughed out loud, raucously, because, man, he's just dry and funny. He is one of the pastors that we always love to welcome uh, to our Pastors Appreciation Day. And Pastor, we'd like to welcome you too, especially if you've never been. This is a gathering of pastors, and I mean from all over the Tampa Bay community, usually somewhere between five and 600 pastors meet. It's become an all-day event. It used to just be, I think my first pastor's event, we were at the um, Coliseum in St. Pete. They had the YMCA Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, and then... We had our breakfast. We had a little buffet for the pastors. It was great. Good time. But that thing has just so grown into an opportunity for pastor to come out, to be equipped. We have equipping sessions. Uh, we have uh, food. We have a great lunch. There's uh, all kinds of uh, booths and opportunities for you to win door prizes. We've given away trips to the Caribbean on cruises I mean, it really is an all-day opportunity for a pastor to come and relax, to kick up their feet a little bit, enjoy a great dinner, or rather a lunch. My uncle was a farmer. Lunch was dinner. Barb, have you made dinner yet? No, well, but it's noon. I, of course, have made dinner. Um, great luncheon and an opportunity for you as a pastor to relax a little bit, to be around other pastors. Uh, to just be a person for a little bit, to not take that 3 o'clock in the morning call to go to the hospital. Uh, And we want you there. It is absolutely free. We're thankful for our sponsors and partners who recognize the need for an event like this. Word of Life has come alongside of us uh, this year as as our main sponsor for the Pastor's Appreciation Day. And our guest this year is Dr. Mark Bailey. He's the president of Dallas Theological Seminary, course, a well-respected school in evangelical circles, uh, as he is uh, just kind of seen his ministry grow there, first as a professor and then as a vice president for academic affairs, and now as the president, having pastored churches across Arizona and Texas. I mean, he really is somebody who has a word for our pastors. We're so thankful for him to come on out. Listen, the first equipping sessions start at uh, 9.30 a.m., Uh, We're thankful for folks like EDI Travel who are a part of this event. Uh, I know Boaz will probably be on hand or or friends from EDI to talk about opportunities there. And it is free for you to come out. It ends around 2 in the afternoon. So come out for all of it. Come out for some of it. Just make sure, Pastor, that you come out for our Pastor's Appreciation Luncheon at Armature Works, October 11th. Beautiful, beautiful banquet room there along the banks of the Hillsborough River come on out and be with us register at letstalkfaith.com, or you can just click on the blue pastor's appreciation banner there and we'll get you signed up. It's just going to be tremendous. So before we uh, took our last break, oh, I got to rattle my papers. You know what? That may be a first before we jumped into our break. We were talking really about the way we speak to one another and not just as Christians one to another, but the way we speak to those in the community those outside our circles, to those who are unbelievers, to those who are somewhere in the middle, to those we don't know what they believe. And what happens when we let anger or we let derision or we let arrogance, uh, kind of a spirit of I'm better than you, get hold of us? Great word uh, from my friend Alan I went to college with he posted this up one day and I, I need a I need a plaque of it in my studio and I'm, I think I'm going to make that happen you cannot antagonize those you would evangelize and uh, kind of piggybacking with that is a conversation I had with my friend Ken Witten one day he and I were talking about these issues and not just uh, the un the, the unchurched but political issues and, and, and all of that that's wrapped up in our culture right now um, and, and the level of discourse and the anger that is being expressed out there uh, on social media. He's like, you know, the, the, the thing is, is you come to a point where you realize that some of the people that you really want to socket to, that you really just, you know, disagree with, that you find yourself angry with, are really the ones who are left who need to hear the gospel. They're the ones who don't know Christ. And so you have to make this conscious decision. How do I relate to them? And and, and and what does that grow out of? How do I speak about people who don't agree with me in any way, shape, or form? How do I love them in a way that's meaningful? And what do I do that damages, and this is so key to me anyway, what damages my ability to speak to them? And there's a lot that does that. You know, you you can't tell somebody about the love of Christ who you just called a libtard. Am I right? You, you can't. I mean, and, and I begin to hear more and more of this kind of talk, and I caught myself in it. And then I realized, man, that same person that I just totally degraded by labeling them, by calling them a name, Like that, I have to, the next time I see them, have some semblance of the love of Christ about me. And it's not just politics. And listen, before I point the finger at anybody else, and this is kind of the example that I'm trying to forge in my own life, is I guess I should point the finger at me and and say that I've been guilty of this. That I've been guilty of being maybe even righteously angry, but in that anger sinning. And, and here's what happened, and it, it just I, – I, this is where I'm supposed to say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so there's no consequence. But this happened just last week. We um, – our kids went back to school, and one of our kids, we were having to do some special arrangements in terms of their uh, – the way their class day worked. And we were trying to work this out with the school, and we had started – my wife had started with an email at the end of July – uh, that went into th- two or three phone calls with, a, oh, they'll get back to you. To showing up at the school, filling out, you know, what seemed like reams—probably just a few pages of of paperwork—we were told, never hearing back from whom we were supposed to hear back from. And if my grammar is bad, I apologize. Uh, and then a few more phone calls. And finally, my wife said to me, Bill, will you just handle this? And she told me through all the frustration she had been, which made me frustrated and angry, righteously angry, I might add, not really. Um, So I made the phone call and I wasn't facing that person face to face. So there's a couple things you need to know. A, it was a phone call. B, I actually know the person that I was talking to. They live in my neighborhood. We've. Exchanged pleasantries many times. We've been together at social events. And I got on the phone. And after about 30 seconds of not hearing what I wanted to hear, I started to get loud. And I started to get angry. And I started to assert my rights. And I began to say, it ended with, put me on the phone with somebody who will talk to me in that tone of voice. And you know what happened? I got what I wanted. I got what I wanted. The right person picked up. They called me back. We got that situation fixed. It was prickly on the phone. It was icy cold. I got what I wanted. I went home. I got to brag that I got what I wanted. That's so-and-so. They didn't know what they were dealing with when they got Bill Carl on the phone. They know who I am. Don't make me. Don't make me talk about you on the radio. I got what I wanted. Um. So yesterday, I had to go to the school with some medication for my child. And I had to sit down in a chair and wait for the nurse with the person who I'd spoken to in that way within 12 feet of me. And I have never felt worse. I felt like such a horrible person. Why? Because it's one thing to yell at somebody you can't see on the phone or on Facebook or on Twitter and to say all the things that you want to say in the tone that you wish to say them with all the rage that you have. It's one thing to do that out into the stratosphere into the ether where you don't have to face that person and see the woundedness in their eye where you don't have to see the, the hurt that they've experienced because you spoke to them so rudely than it is to sit there across a desk and have to have that conversation. And, um, I realized a couple of things. One, even though I was right and I got what I wanted, I'm never really, it's going to take a long time because, before I can share with that person the love of Christ. It's going to take a long time before I can talk about forbearance. It's going to take a long time before I can talk about patience. It's going to take a long time before they see something in my life that counters the example that I set in those few moments. And I was, I just didn't know what to, oh, I did know what to do. I sat there for a minute or two. And I finally, and I didn't know how else to do it. it the, the problem is when you embarrass somebody in public, you really should apologize in public. I think. It's one thing, you know, if you blow somebody up in public, you really should try to do that in a way that acknowledges that, I think, in public. And so... I just looked across the desk and I said, "Hey, um, I'm so sorry. I spoke to you that way on the phone. In anger, there was no right for me to go after you that way. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what my whatabouts are. I, I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. And I and I'm sorry. I hope you'll forgive me." And the person said, "Hey, listen," she said, "Listen, it, I get it. A lot of parents are frustrated." And so I, I get it, and, and that's cool. She was really gracious. And I said, No, I said, I said, really? I said, it doesn't matter how frustrated I am. Uh you're my neighbor, your friend, and uh, and so I'm sorry for that. And and I think we're gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be all right. Um, but there's some damage done there. And, and I think there's damage done in our public discourse when we act out of a righteous anger in a way that the person on the other end of that can't understand. You know, when there's times when I'm righteously angry with my child and he gets it because he knows what he did. He understands the context of the community that we have at our home. He understands the context of the way things work and the language of our house and the language of faith and all of these things. He understands He understands the parameters. He understands the rules. He he gets it. So there is a place to speak in righteous anger and say, hey, man, you blew it. Don't do that. But there's that place where we are angrier and we're supposed to sin not. And as I look at the way we speak to each other, particularly in instances where there is no immediate consequence, this is what I want to get to. This is the conversation that I want to have over the next weeks and hopefully they're not long weeks hopefully bill comes back soon and we're good but until he does let's have that conversation and man if i'm ringing your bell right now you'd say you know what bill i've been there um i've i've blown it uh there was an instance where you know maybe i was even right but in the end i was wrong I'd love to hear about that. 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673. 813-287-5700. 813-287-5700. We'll be back with more here on the Bill Bunkley, Bill Carl, I don't know, the show here on Faith Talk. 570-910 and FM 102.1. Ever get
3: something It's nothing you heard or something you read you ever had a cup but you never saw and play You're brought to your knees but you never pray
12: this is the latest from SRN news with SRN news on Keith Peters in Washington Italian authorities from the region of Liguria have raised to 26 the number of dead in the collapse of a highway bridge in the port city of Genoa. The region's updated the death toll late Tuesday on its Twitter feed, saying two more bodies have been extracted and one person had died in surgery. Police have flooded central London streets and cordoned off the city's government district after a car plowed into cyclists and crashed outside Parliament in what police are treating as an act of terrorism. With the driver in custody, counterterrorism detectives are working to determine the motive behind what they suspect is the fourth vehicle attack in Britain and the second on Parliament in 18 months. Three people were hurt, none critically. On Wall Street, the up by 112 points to 25,299, the NASDAQ rose 51, the S&P advanced 18, oil down to 6,704 a barrel. This is SRN News. Does this describe your life?
2: By any measure... People are living lives of quiet desperation.
9: That's Pastor Philip DeCourcy from Know the Truth Radio, talking about one of the most difficult issues of life, stress.
2: Stress levels are going through the roof. We're medicating ourselves as a country. But there is a prescription, a cure for excessive stress. Here we have a prescription for peace and harmony, for living... A life where one is grateful for what one has.
9: You can have a free download of Pastor Phillips' series, Less Stress. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword stress.
2: I'm excited to look at this prescription that will allow us to live lives of less stress.
9: Download Pastor Phillips' free series, Less Stress.
2: This is a series that I believe in many measures can save your life.
4: Download your free copy of Less Stress from Pastor Philip DeCourcy at Let'sTalkFaith.com, keyword stress.
13: Bill Bunkley here for my friends at EDI Travel. If you're a pastor of a church or a leader of an organization who has ever dreamed about leading a trip to the Holy Land, be sure to consult with the professionals at EDI Travel, just named again for the third year in a row The Very Best Holy Land Tour Company by TripAdvisor. the jordan river and much much more call now to get your edi trip planned today at 727-460-1225 that's 727-460-1225 mr sparky we're on
3: time you'll see mr
4: sparky or your repair is free let's face it we live in a time where we constantly have to sift through fake news and fake qualifications Here in Florida, with the uptick in the need for electrical contractors, it's not unusual to hear about electricians who either portray their abilities beyond that which they're licensed for, or they're not licensed at all, compromising the quality of work and the safety of their clients. You can rest secure knowing that Mr. Sparky electricians are fully licensed and qualified to perform the installations and repairs you require. Not only are Mr. Sparky electricians fully licensed, they're background checked, drug tested, they arrive on time, and every bit of work they do is satisfaction guaranteed 100%. And there's nothing fake about that. You don't
3: have to put up with any malarkey call. 888- Eight
1: Sparky. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights?
3: Nowhere to be found.
1: Emergency supply kits? Not packed. What about blankets?
3: We have an old towel.
1: Cell phones? May not work. Emergency water? Not a drop. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated.
7: The library. Martin Jones House. The bus stop.
1: And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Great. Sounds like we don't have a plan. Winging it is not an
0: emergency plan.
1: Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency.
0: Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov slash kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
3: I know a place where we can go.
4: Thanks for listening to the Bill Carl Show here on Faith Talk, 570-910-FM102.1. Man, that was that sounded pretty convincing. Mike, you think? No? We're there? Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I'm going to have this slot uh, until our friend Bill Bunkley returns, so I'm just keeping the seat warm. But I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk to you and uh, to share some time with you. You know, And you're always welcome to jump in on this conversation. You can do that at 877-943-9673, 813-287-5700. I have to tell you, I just, in general, let me just tell you about this conversation and how I got here. Um, My friend Joe Weaver, who is also our operations manager, so last, was it, last week, I was driving to the Florida Keys. My kids, because my wife is a teacher and she goes back to school, She goes back to school um, typically a week before the kids go back to school. I always take the kids on a vacation. And so I was in the car. We were down around. We had left Florida City. And I was driving. There's that stretch between Florida City and Key Largo that's just kind of a no man's land out there. So it's actually a great place to take a call. And I took it safely on the Bluetooth. And it was Joe Weaver. Joe was like, "Hey, uh, you know, thinking on Tuesdays, we'd like you to do a little show while Bill is out—the Bill Carl show. What do you what do you think about that?" And I'm like, "Dude, I don't know, man. I I think, I think that I'm driving to the keys, like my paradise. And I probably, yeah, whatever, man. I'll I'll do that. But you got to let me go. You got to let me because I'm getting into my my groove when I hit Lake Surprise." all my troubles get hung up. There's a secret hook on the back of a mile marker sign where I hang up all my troubles. And then I go to the keys and I enjoy that experience. And, um, and so that's how that kind of came to be birthed. Well, the problem was is that I did take my kids down to marathon. We did have a great time. And, uh, we did a little bit of snorkeling and Sarah and Zach got to touch a dolphin, which was really cool. at Dolphin research center. By the way, nobody's paying for these plugs, but Dolphin Research Center, down a marathon, worth it. Spirit snorkeling out of Captain Pips, worth it. My friend Jack Carlson, the uh, captain at Two sport fishing, worth it. I'll be the voice of that television show starting in January. I'm excited about it. Uh, But to be really honest, it was like I got back and I was like, I mean, I have to think about this show again and what I want this to be. And and so if it seems a little bit unformed, that's because half of my mind is still swimming with the parrotfish at Pirate's Cove in uh, in Marathon. um, And so we're going to get there. But uh, as I look at it, I think the truth is this, that whatever we look at on this program, current events, what's happening in Washington, what's happening here at home, what's happening in in Hillsborough and Pinellas and Pasco and the seven county area that we cover. I I just always want to find a way to bring that back to the touchstone of our faith. And that's really kind of where it's at every single story. I need to find a way to do that. I was just looking at this story. uh, Melissa Howard candidate down in uh, Sarasota Bradenton for state house uh, district uh, 73 pulled out of that race officially today. And it's just one of those situations that started with an unnecessary falsehood or fudging and ended up being so much more than I think anybody really ever wanted it to be. So she was running for that representative seat in the primaries, and her opponent had leveled accusations uh, because she had claimed that she had a, a bachelor's degree from the University of Miami, Ohio. He would say, no, she really doesn't. Uh, our colleagues at Florida News Network uh, pursued that and, and came out with it. They corroborated it, said, yeah, this is the news. She doesn't have it. She cried fake news um, and then went so far as to fly back to the University of Miami, Ohio, and posed for a picture on the campus with a friend and what looked like a diploma, what looked like a, a graduation certificate got back, the university actually started digging into this and they said, no, she didn't actually have a degree. She did attend here, but she doesn't have a degree here. The document is false. And all this while, she's like, you know, fake news when she finds out, when they when she goes up and, and, and prints this, or posts a supposedly corroborating uh, a picture, the truth will set you free. It's kind of what she said. And again, it, it, it was proved to be a falsehood. And so uh, the party to which she is affiliated with said, look, we're not going to officially call for a resignation, but she should. So she did that. She did that today. She she fessed up to it. She said, look, I, I shouldn't have done this. I'm out for the good of everybody involved. I'm sorry to everybody who supported me. So kind of the lessons, the things that I took from that was one, and I think we've We're honest. Maybe we've all been there. There's that falsehood that we told, that sin that we committed, that thing that we did that uh, at first we thought this is no big deal. Nobody's ever going to even pick up on this. This is just this is an asterisk at the bottom of a quotation, at the bottom of a footnote on the very back page of the bibliography. Nobody's going to pick it up. And then somebody picks it up and we cover. We try to cover that. And then somebody else picks up on that, so we try to cover that. And pretty soon, you find yourself drowning in such a deeper pond than you ever meant to swim in in the first place. I think of David, King David. You know, He shouldn't have been up on the rooftop looking at naked women bathing. And then he shouldn't have ended up actually with one. And then when she got pregnant, he, he shouldn't have tried to cover that up. And pretty soon, what went from I shouldn't have been up on the rooftop looking at women taking a bath turns into I willfully had one of my finest soldiers killed and the consequences that arose from that. Now, thankfully, in our lives, most of the consequences. Some of the time, it can get there, but most of the consequences we experience never rise to that level. But I don't. I cannot think of a time in my life when I've done something stupid and tried to cover it up with something else that was dumb on top of a big sandwich of falsehood that I didn't come on later and thought to myself, why did I even do that in the first place? Why didn't I just fess up? Why didn't I just just leave it off? So I wish the best for her. I I really do pray that, you know, as she's kind of come clean on that, that, you know, that's a new beginning for her and her family and that there's a place where – you know, some of those things can be repaired and made new. I hope for good things for her. And I hope it's kind of also an example for all of us and when we step out there to just be who we are right off the kick and know that that, let those chips fall where they may. The other thing that it that it brought to my mind, and I don't know where you are in all of this, I realize that I know a lot about our national candidates, I know a lot about Governor Scott running for a Senate seat. I know a lot about Senator Bill Nelson. I know a pretty good amount about our local congressional representatives. I feel like I, I, you know, I know a lot about Kathy Castor. Um, I'll tell you where I stumble is, I, I don't know a lot about the people in my own community running for local offices. I don't know a lot about people running for judgeships. Those are nonpartisan seats. So you don't always get the benefit of, well, this person is a Republican or a Democrat, and my values and the way I think about things aligns that way, so I know kind of where I'm going with that. What you get is a lot of street signs. And you do get opportunities like the candidate forum we recently had at Bell Shoals Baptist Church to meet these folks. But unless you're really after it, I, I don't know. And, you know, Mike, this is another thing. We need to schedule this for our next program. Poor Mike. I've given him like three things to do already. I want to talk to somebody because we now are voting on primaries. You can go vote early for primaries today to tell us how to get a hold of these. And here's what sparked that. So I've been getting campaign literature, and um, and it all looks good. You kind of see it, but unless you know that person personally, there's nothing on there to tell you who they are, what they're about. So you just see a bunch of signs, and you end up going to the polls, and you go, I think I saw more of their signs than anybody else's signs, so I'm just going to vote for that. And they did it in red, which signifies the party that I typically vote for, so I'm just going to vote for that. So now you're getting out there and you're seeing signs in all different colors because nobody wants to tip their hat anymore to what party they're part of and what they truly believe. (laughs) Da. So this is the thing. These are some of the things that we're going to be talking about in, in the weeks to come. And I hope leading up to this primary, the final is at the end of August, we can actually get a grip, more of a grip on who these folks are and what they really do. And even if they're qualified for their positions, I, I know somebody, I don't even want to say that person's name. And I was looking at the qualifications because everybody was telling me to vote for this person. And I was looking at the qualifications for that particular position. I was like, they're a really nice person. I don't know if they're really up for that gig. So we'll try to get a handle on that too. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening today. Listen, if you want to shoot me an email and say, Bill, you were horrible today. Be Carl at Salem dot com or just call Joe Weaver, my boss, and say, Bill was horrible. He will tell me it'll be great. He's giving me the thumbs up right now. Uh, and I should probably set up a Bill Carl Facebook show page. And it's not a personal thing. If I don't include you on my personal page, it's just, you know, kind of my personal page. We get to know each other. Maybe you get to go to the personal page. There's really nothing stunning there. Just more pictures of my kids with a dolphin in Marathon. Joe, I want to do the show from Marathon next time. Thank you very much. (laughs) And one more thing we got to get to uh, here before we go. Uh, There is a very special movie screening that I want you to uh, be a part of. I want to take you to the movies. As we get to know each other better, I feel like it would be a good thing if you and I got to hang out a little bit. So uh, on, uh, on September 4th, at 7 o'clock at AMC West Shore, we're having a very special uh, free screening of the movie, God Bless the Broken Road. So let me buy you a movie. It's a great story of a young mom's struggle after losing her husband to fighting in Afghanistan. She's struggling with her faith, where God is in the midst of all of it. Uh, her pastor, her friends, and her own daughter help her to find that trust in God that she's been missing since that event it's called god bless the broken road you can learn more about the movie see the trailer at godblessthebrokenroad.com the and sign up to go to the movies with me at letstalkfaith.com we'll be heading out there september 4th seven o'clock please come at 6 30 i'd hate for you to miss out and you know what else um you know what? if i have a big old bowl of popcorn you can dip your hand in there i do get butter on it though if that's a problem okay Thanks for listening to the Bill Carl Show here on Faith Talk. That sounds so strange. It's been such a long time. Here on Faith Talk, 570 910 FM 102.1. Online at letstalkfaith.com using the Faith Talk app. I, I forgot Alexa. Alexa, thank you. God bless. Good night.
3: So bad, so sad to ride away with you. Go on, laugh, go on, cry. It's all
0: right, There's something wonderful. Thank you.